of our lay pastors here, if you were here maybe a couple weeks back, we uh, anointed two lay pastors, Tim Parker, amazing man of God that does our men's ministry, and Mikey Littlejohn. And these guys are called, they're anointed, and Mikey's talking to us, talking at us, talking with us today. And I'm really excited. It was an awesome message at the first service. You guys are going to be blessed. Give them one more hand. Uh, am I on? Thumbs up, I'm on. Guys, I just want to thank you. I was asked between the services, uh, how do I feel? I, I said, I'm grateful. I'm humbled. The Lord has given me the opportunity to share the, the, the gospel about our resurrected Savior, Jesus. Man, I'm ecstatic. How am I supposed to feel? I want to tell you what the Lord God means to me. Uh, he's my bright and morning star. He, he, he's a lily of a valley. Guys, he's the fairest of 10,000 to my soul. He's the, oh, I just can't tell you, my healer, my redeemer. He's my strength, my fortress. He's, he's my protector. And yes, he is my rock. Amen? Amen. Guys, I want to tell you, during this celebration weekend, I want to say, hello, Bay Church, family. I'm glad to see everybody here today. In church doing Independence Day celebration. I mean, I think that's cool. During this celebration weekend, let us give God a hand, clap offering of praise and appreciation for Him giving us freedom and victory in this life and the life to come from Satan. Let's give it up. Come on. Come on. Now that's what it's about. That's what it's about. Now, I, I, I just can't welcome that. Now, I'm just going to get excited. Now, if I run around, everybody, somebody's going to throw a rope on me today, okay? I'm, I'm getting pumped up. This is second service. I'm warmed up. My muscles are stretched. <sighs> I'm, I'm ready to break out. Okay. If you would, join me in prayer. Father in heaven, in Psalm chapter 90, verse 12, you tell us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom, Father, I pray in the next 25 minutes you will teach us the importance of life and how we can better give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, I am Mikey Littlejohn, and I want you to know that I have prayed for you as a church. I want you to know that. And the church is a very big part of my prayer life. You know, uh, a sermon being lived and experienced is a sermon best preached. With that being said, I want to share my story. You know, I guess the best way to start is uh, that Lori and I, we, we were in cruise control. Oh, we had raised our kids. We had a nice home. We'd faced some hard times, and but always managed to land on our feet. We were discussing how we were going to wind things down. Then, and I repeat, then. It's funny how your perspective on life can change. One visit from the doctor can make a difference of what you will look like or what life will look like for the years to come. 
back in 2009, I began to experience some bad health. And after some tests, uh, we had found out I had a very rare disease since birth that was beginning to manifest its debilitating effects that they really didn't know that much about. We were alarmed, but not unduly alarmed. Uh, although we could tell that this wasn't a, a good diagnosis. Well, after several unsuccessful treatment attempts, Lori and I, we were getting quite concerned. Uh, we needed a direction. We began to step back and say, Okay, God, well, what's happening here? What are you going to do? What are you going to do about this? We need a way out. Well, God in His divine providence always cares for His own. You see, with that being said, my doctors made available to me a, a new medical treatment option. I was to become a study and one of the first to be treated with this type of procedure. With no guarantees, this would require brain surgery. And this implant device here would be implanted in my brain. It, I might add that while they were implanting this device, I was awake for six hours while they were drilling a hole in my skull. Not a good situation. This implant has four probes which are hooked to the damaged parts of my brain. Its purpose is to provide electrical stimulation to assist my brain in proper functioning. In January 2010, I received my first brain implant. And this has really slowed the progression of my disease and has improved the, the quality of my life. Since then, although my disease has been slowed, I had another major setback. Two years ago, I suddenly lost my hearing <clears throat> and had to get another medical device called a cochlear implant placed in my head, yes, with more wires, which has improved my, my quality of life. And recently, and just recently, I, I had a, uh, a bad test report in which uh, my specialist told me without certainty uh, that I'm experiencing significant loss. And they really didn't know how to pr predict my future. But I do know who holds my tomorrow. And I know who holds my hand. For you folks that know the old hymns, you know what I'm talking about. You know, what the hardest part of this is for me and I apologize if I, I get a little emotional. I, my family's here. 
I don't mind crossing over. Dying. I just hate this for my wife and for my kids, for my grandkids. You know they need me. They really need me. The great preacher E.B. Hill said, one thing is for sure, you can't stay here. This keeps me from putting too, uh, too much emphasis on this world. I've never been through this journey before. I just have to believe that God's grace is going to be sufficient. Our days are numbered, and we have to make the best of them. I, I live one day at a time just like Jesus told us to. I just try and contribute to the kingdom one day at a time, living life in the light of eternity. Amen? Where am I with all of this? Well, it is what it is. You know, this, hadn't brought, this has brought me closer to the Lord. I have never prayed as much or have I meditated or put into memory as much scripture as I do now. I'm much more sensitive to the things of God. I would, I would rather not have this, but this is a good thing. Our Bible tells us all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord and, and are called according to His purpose. And God will use this. For this, I'm grateful. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen and what no ear has heard. Remember that, Kurt? No mind can conceive. The things that God has prepared for those who love Him. I take things as it comes. I do believe God can extend your days just like He did old Hezekiah. And shucks, that, that kind of prayer wouldn't hurt my feelings, hint, hint. I don't want to place too much emphasis on this device in me, but more, and I repeat, more on Christ, which lives in me. Time to teach. Enough about me. Amen? There are two, group, there are two groups of people. There's one group of people who... Uh, what they do is they go around and they think they're going to live here forever and nothing's ever going to change. Then there's the other group of people. They're the ones that have an obsessive fear about death and dying. The Bible has a lot to say about how we're to live. We all have to do, all we have to do is listen and then act on it. Please, turn into your Bibles 
your iPads, your smartphones, or anything to hold Scripture, to James chapter 2, verse 14 through 26, and then hold that place. I want to, to intro it. Okay? Guess who wrote the book of James? The half-brother of Jesus. That's deep. I know. I'm that way. In your Bible, you will find 13 letters or books in the Bible written by Paul. 14 if you include Hebrews because the author does not identify themselves. And Bible scholars, they vary on the authorship. Paul stands. For through grace, by faith, we are saved. This is your first write-down. Again, grace by faith, we are saved. Why did Paul say this? Because in his time, people were ceremonial, uh, which means if you do all this religious stuff, okay, then you'll have a right relationship with God. Paul says, no way, Jose. Paul pounded and he pounded. Says, not works, but by faith we are saved. Now comes James in our Bible. Now in my studies, I have found James can be described as someone, well, he's sort of a guy that is, is a, in a in-your-face kind of guy. Okay? He, he, he can make you feel, well, a little un, uncomfortable. Okay? You know, we all have a relative that comes across a little uh, brash. In so doing, he seems to be contradictory to Paul. But in my opinion, he's not. He's rather complimentary. See, James is with Paul. James says, yes, it's by faith, but there must be some evidence of it. A change in attitude or actions. James says, if, you're a, <clears throat> if you are a Christian, you should act like one. Some people are snugglers of the church and the Christian community. And they're very fluent in Christianese. Bless your heart. Thank you, Lord. Well, bless God. I'm praying for you. If you would, in respect and honor of God's Word, would you stand as I do the reading? <clears throat> what is it, what is the use, profit, my brother, for anyone to profess to have faith if it has no good works to show for it. Can such faith save his soul? If a brother or sister is poorly clad and lacks food for each day, and one of you says to him, Goodbye, keep yourself warm and well fed without giving him the necessities for the body, what good does that do? So also faith, if it does not have works, deeds, actions, or obedience to back it up by itself is destitute of power and operative dead. But someone will say to you, have faith, then you say, you have faith and I have good works. Now you show me your alleged faith apart from any good works, if you can, 
and I, by good works of obedience, will show you my faith. You believe that God is one, you do well. So do the demons. Believe and shudder in terror and horror, such as makes a man hair stand on end and contract the surface of his skin. Are you willing to be shown proof, you foolish, unproductive, spiritually deficient fellow, that faith apart from good works is inactive and ineffective and worthless? Was not our forefather Abraham shown to be justified, made acceptable to God by his works when he brought to the altar as an offering his own son Isaac? You see that his faith was cooperating with his works and his faith was completed and reached its supreme expression when he implemented it by good works. And so the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed in, adhered to, trusted in, and relied on God. And this was accounted to him as righteousness, as conformity to God's will and thought and deed. And he was called God's friend. You see that a man is justified, pronounced righteous before God through what he does and not alone through faith, through works of obedience as well as what? By what he believes. So also with Rahab the harlot, was she not shown to be justified, pronounced righteous before God by good deeds? when she took in the scouts, the spies, and sent them away by a different route? For as the human body apart from the Spirit is lifeless, so faith apart from its works of obedience is also dead. You may be seated, seated, seated and may God bless His holy word. Well, as we can see here, James is focused is faith is dead without acts, deeds, which happens to be your second write-down. Look closely to this. If faith is dead on the outside, hmm, hmm, there's a good chance, good chance faith is dead on the inside. If you here today and not a believer, it's important to know you can't just come to church, read your Bible, or pray before meals. That doesn't make you right with God. It's a good thing to do. It really is. But to be truly saved, having a saving faith. It's by faith, genuinely, sincerely, trusting, expressed through repentance, fruits, a true transformation of one's life and heart. James says, you're going to know them by their fruits. Matthew really brings this out in chapter 13 in, in, the, 30, in the 23rd verse. But the seed falling on the good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred, a sixty, thirty times what is sown. And in chapter 7, verses 16 through uh, 
21, you will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from their bushes, from thorn bushes, nor figs from the thistles, are they? So, every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good, good fruit. Every tree that produces not and bears not good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven, will enter. John 10, 9 reads, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and he will come in and go out and find pasture. I have a, a great illustrator here, Brother Aaron, if you'll stand up here. I want you to pretend that there is a, a door. There's a door to heaven there. And what's going to happen, what Paul says is, it, to get you through the door, to open that door and to get you through the door, it's going to require you to have faith. You have faith, brother, you are now in. Now James comes along and says, now once you get through that door, what's going to happen? One will act and behave differently. Thank you, brother. You did good. You're a saved man, brother. Hallelujah. Amen. What saving faith is not? If we see someone in need, help them. If we see someone who is hungry, feed them. Don't just go through the motions by using words such as bless your heart. Uh, I'm praying for you. Uh, I, I'm going to bring your, your name up before small group. I'd stay a little longer uh, and serve, but, but I, I, got, I got a dinner reservation. I got to go. Heavens no. We are to do it. Hebrews 13.2 says, it tells us this. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For, for by doing so, people have shown hospitality to angels without them even knowing it. An old Baptist preacher. I remember my old first car. 69 Chevelle, old blue. You remember that, Lori? Wish I had it. Boy, that eat $3 a gas every time I turn around. An old Baptist preacher once said, some folks try to be partially committed and all they want is three dollars worth of faith that's all they want three dollars worth of hey man just don't fill it up but just give me three dollars worth just enough to feel good on sunday and to get god or someone off their back this is what the bible says is lukewarm and unacceptable in revelation 3 16 so because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold. I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. James and Paul tells, tells that every believer will have some hard days ahead. They tell us that. Every believer will have some hard days ahead. But we have to 
trust in God's plan through the good, the bad, the hard, the easy. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen? This is your last right then. Trust. Trust. I didn't work my way to Christ. But God came down through Jesus and offered me a new life. Amen? God offers this to everyone here today. Wherever you find yourself, God's grace is sufficient. There is no sin greater than God's grace. Why? You are at your weakest. God can make you strong. We cannot change our past bad choices, failures, or circumstances, but we can trust God for forgiveness and help to have a fruitful future. I can't begin to tell you the joy you're going to receive when you start glorifying God. These are the takeaways from this message I want you to have. I want all you to have this. Peace is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of Christ. If you're waiting to have a trouble-free life to experience saving faith, you'll be waiting a very, very long, long time. Jesus said, that rain will fall on the just and the unjust. Many of you may not have health troubles, but you have financial troubles, relationship or, or family troubles mental troubles, legal troubles, tax troubles, anxiety troubles, car troubles, computer troubles. Some of you may have troubles that have troubles. Jesus does not promise us that we won't have trouble. But he does promise us that we that he will be there in the midst of them. Having Christ's presence begins with a saving faith. I want you to know God is there and He cares for you no matter where you are or what your condition. You are significant to God and He can enable you with anything that you need. He is the master creator and He can make everything out of nothing. Nothing. You know, I'm convinced that God is using me in a, a mighty way. I'm convinced. I could sit around and feel sorry for myself, or I could be busy about serving God. He has enabled me and opened up doors of opportunities for me that I would never imagine. But He had, to get my attention, troubles. Troubles. 
I have a, a weekly jail ministry that I preach every week. Anywhere from two to 500 people. Souls needing Jesus. Isn't that cool? This, my church, through the men's prayer team. And a weekly girl softball sports ministry. And I still hate to lose. My memory is somewhat affected. And it's worsening with time for my, my brain surgery. I may not be able to remember your name or where I put my car keys. But I think it's an absolute miracle from heaven of how much of God's Word I can retain. Amen? God still has a purpose for me. And I am available. Don't make me beg for it, I will. Uh, It's not what God can do for me, but what I can do for God. For however much time He's numbered for me. You see, guys, we don't get to choose how we die. But we do get to choose how we live. Well, I say... Choose well with a saving, a, a saving face of a faith of Jesus Christ. That's what I say. You know, I know a church that as young as we are, it's hard to think in the light of eternity. And we feel living in eternity is a very, very, very far away and and <laughs> and placing too much emphasis on this world is it's very natural. In Hebrews 9, 27, it says, Just as people are destined to die once, and after that, to face judgment, good people don't go to heaven. Forgiven people do by saving faith. I'm going to ask the, the worship team and, and the pastors uh, to take their position and the prayer team. You know, it's not about it's it's not about what you can do. It's all about what Jesus has done. If you are here today, and for some reason you have not given your heart to Jesus, it's just like what my baby granddaughter says. It's it's as simple as my ABCs. A, admit you're a sinner. Romans 3.10, there's no not one righteous, not even not one. Romans 10.13, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. B, believe in Jesus, trust in Him. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that He gave His one and only begotten Son. For whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting eternal life. Amen. See, 
confess in the name of the Lord. Romans 10, 9. It says, Romans 10, 9, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. I know. Guys, I know. This sounds crazy. That all eternity comes down to the name of Jesus and simply having a saving faith. As I pray, I would like to ask all believers to corporately pray for everyone on this campus to know by heart their spiritual ABCs. Let us pray. Father God, I pray now that we all would understand what Jesus did for us on that cruel, old, rugged cross and truly practice it like never before throughout the remainder of our numbered days in Jesus' name. Let me have your eyes. Final thought. The final thought. If you would like to, to come forward and, and give your heart to Jesus, to open the door of your heart through faith, if you would love to come forward and, and kneel at the altar as a testament, as a testament of your willingness to push forward or to trust no matter what, please come forward and ask God for strength. He will grant it. If you want to come up and encourage a brother, please feel free. All hugs and, and, and handshakes are, are welcome. Please come. Our Savior, He's waiting.